0: In the name of the ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له، وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله. يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقووا الله حق توقاته ولا تموتون إلا وأنتم مسلمون. يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقووا الله وقولوا قولا صديقا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم. ومن يطع الله فقد and about when we look at Surah Yusuf, part of the dream that the king had at that time, and this is at the time when Nabi Yusuf he's innocently locked up in jail, and the king had this dream. No one could interpret it, and there was that one man, the one of the two, who survived years prior. And this one man, he goes and becomes a servant, essentially, of the king in the palace. And so years later, when this king has this dream, no one can interpret it. He remembers his personal experience. Look at how Allah can plant the seeds in someone's favor, as difficult as things may be. Years prior, he was the only one there who had personal experience with the dream interpretation skills and talent that Allah blessed Prophet Yusuf with So for him he remembered and he knew I know someone and he remembered from years prior that that person helped me with this very specific type of situation, dream interpretation So he has this idea to go and to ask him and the whole scenario unfolds. Part of the dream of that king was interpreted to mean that there were going to be seven years of prosperity and then after that seven years of famine. So there were going to be seven years of good and then seven years of challenges. And this was the of course accurate interpretation that Prophet Yusuf (laughs) offered and that dream and the fact that no one else could interpret it became a very critical ticket for Prophet Yusuf (laughs) to get out of jail. So what's amazing about it is that As soon as he was entering jail, Allah was planting the seeds for him to get out He didn't know it at that time, nobody else knew it at that time, but Allah knows So even when we're going through difficult times and going through those dark times We have to do what we can and we have to keep taking action however we can In whatever capacity we can, coupled with asking Allah over and over and over And this story indicates and it should remind us that maybe Allah has already planted seeds in our specific situations that just haven't sprouted yet. Maybe they just haven't come to fruition, but it doesn't mean that they're not there buried and hidden underneath the darkness of the soil, but they're still there. It's just a matter of Allah sending some special mercy, sending some figurative rain to cause things to move and very gently shake in a hidden manner underneath the soil and then things they sprout kulli shay'in That's not just an example that we see literally in soil with vegetation, plants and trees growing, but also figuratively in our own lives in different ways. One of the reasons why I want to touch upon that specific part Of that incredible Breathtaking story Of Prophet Yusuf Is to remind myself And all of us That the month of Ramadan Is this incredible opportunity To fill the storehouses To fill the warehouses With abundant grain so to speak But that's supposed to be connected With what comes afterwards It's not just about This time of prosperity Hey there's all this really amazing vegetation, so let's go and use all of it now and and then once those hard times come, you know, woe be unto me, what am I going to do now? The idea is to connect the two times. So when there's extra good, yes, there's a need to consume, but there's also a need to save for those rainy days, so to speak. So it's not just about Ramadan, but it's also about the 11 months that come afterwards. It's this opportunity to fill our storehouses with all kinds of good deeds and good habits and make positive changes and try to cut down and avoid certain bad things and to really hit that reset button in the best of ways in terms of our hearts and our relationship with our Maker, with Allah Azza wa Imagine if at that time there were these seven years of prosperity, but then if there was no preparation for what was to come, everybody would perish but under the guidance and leadership of Nabi Yusuf Think of how incredible and how, how strong he must have been internally, which the fact that he went through those tests, the false accusation ending up in jail as an innocent person for that long, as well as the trials that he personally went through before that, his brothers throwing him in the well, he ends up as a child slave, and then we all know those parts of the story, It seems like one loss after another, which is very understandable. But internally, Allah was building him up. Allah was strengthening him from the inside out. So then when he ends up with all of this power and influence, very close to the very top of the chain of command, he's ready. His nafs has has been trained Obviously as a prophet, they have their own category, but the point is from, from a human side, that we can reflect on within ourselves, maybe the the difficult and challenging times that we're going through or that we've gone through, maybe that's going to end up benefiting us and perhaps thousands of other people in the future. Because that one person went through those extremely difficult times. And think of the the internal fortitude that it takes just to make it through. And he makes it through. So when, when, when he ends up, in that position, he, he's, he already knows what he's doing. Internally, he is so strong and so well prepared from Allah Himself that th- there's no wiggle room to even slip and stumble regarding anything related to the nafs. Again, obviously, he's already a prophet, alayhi salam, but also from, from the human side, there are lessons that we can take from that. There's that training there's that preparation from Allah Azza wa Because if he has, as a young man, the strength and the ability to avoid falling into his lusts and desires, alayhi salam, that says something about him. And then on top of that, he ends up in jail as an innocent person because he was innocent. That takes a... Imagine the discipline that must have been building and building and building over time such that when the man came to him, Yusuf, Ayuhas-Siddiq, you know when he wants something from him, he's praising him and, and, and buttering him up and trying to get on his good side. Completely overlooking the fact that years prior, he was the one who totally forgot to mention the case of Prophet Yusuf to the king. So he ends up innocently staying in jail for several years. Forget that part. But he wants something from him, so he shows up and he's, you know, lavishing praise. Yusuf, Yusuf, you're just this amazingly truthful person. You know, interpret this dream for us. Look at how that part of the story unfolds. Prophet Yusuf, he's, his integrity runs so deep that his response was, my name needs to be cleared first. I am more concerned with that as priority number one, as opposed to physically getting out of this prison. My honor and my dignity are at the top of my priority list. So he was willing to to stay in jail a little bit longer for the sake of his name being cleared. So when he ends up in that situation, he's, he's well prepared. And then in our own lives we start to see the blessings that actually as difficult as that was, Allah helped me to make it through that, now that there's this blessing, I know how to respond. I know how to respond to those years of prosperity and to have the self-control and discipline to make sure for myself and the entire nation that we're going to have discipline through these seven years, even though there's this abundant prosperity, we're not going to splurge. We're going to dot the I's and cross the T's and do things properly because we have to prepare for those other seven years. And they did, and they made it through that entire stretch of time, through the ups and the downs, because of... The discipline that this one person had السلام, Largely in connection with the challenges and the hardships that he went through prior to that If we look at Ramadan as this incredible opportunity To fill the storehouses with good deeds And then if after that We walk away as if we never had that life-changing experience If we completely walk away from all the effort that we just put in All that grind that we just put in for the sake of Allah, building so much good and destroying so much bad in our hearts and in our lives. Just really trying to hit that Tazkiyah reset button. Tazkiyah is a very important concept in our deen. Imagine someone if they go, they take their car, they get this amazing car wash, not just a car wash, they have it detailed. And then imagine if afterwards they go and they're just careless and who cares and 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 you know nothing really matters. They put in the time and, and, and especially the money in that case, but then then if they end up wasting it themselves, then woe be unto me. Then then I'm responsible for that. The way that we approach Ramadan should be different. Should be different. Then, one of the lessons that we learned from the story again of Prophet Yusuf. We shouldn't treat Ramadan as there are 12 months in the year, lunar and solar. Prophet Yusuf is one of 12 brothers. We shouldn't treat Ramadan as if that month is symbolic of Prophet Yusuf السلام, and then the other 11 months are like, you know, the other 11 brothers, especially 10 of them. We want to be better than that. We want to step our game up and to keep something going afterwards This is the example the Prophet taught us He himself in his own life Had a a different gear that he would shift to during the month of Ramadan and If you think about it, it's truly mercy from the Prophet Because if he wanted Because of who he was he could have kept that high Ramadan level going throughout the year if he wanted he could have he had the strength of 40 people most incredible person ever is not an understatement whatsoever Excuse me, it's not an overstatement, if anything it's an understatement He's above and beyond that alayhi But he didn't, he taught us through his example After Ramadan it's okay to cool off a little bit, it's okay to slow down a little bit But we need to keep something going If somebody was doing X amount in the month of Ramadan Let's say they did one khatim of Qur'an Can they copy that practice, that accomplishment, which it is, a very significant one, can they copy that from that one month of Ramadan and then paste it over the next 11 months? So if you did one khatm in Ramadan, completing the Qur'an, reading it from cover to cover, can you copy that and then paste it over the next 11 months? To do one more khatm over those 11 months, to keep something going. It's not just about Those seven years so to speak when times are good, but that has to be used to tie in with the other seven years of drought to come after that. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to fill our hearts with abundant nur, with abundant light. We ask Allah to bless all of us and our loved ones. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wassalatu wassalamu ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Innallahu wa malaykatahu yusallu ala ala nabiyya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam One of the most lucrative practices that we can keep going after the month of Qur'an Is to maintain some type of small but consistent relationship with the book of Allah with the Qur'an. Imagine if somebody, they become buddy-buddy, they become best friends with the Qur'an in the month of Ramadan. It's a beautiful thing, but then imagine Eid comes and it's as if they're celebrating, abandoning the Qur'an. Then what was the point of that month? It's not just about those 29 or 30 days and nights, but that's supposed to impact what comes afterwards. Yes, we want to stock up as much as we can, but it's directly connected with what comes afterwards. So, how can we have those spiritual rations to keep ourselves going throughout the remainder of the year? And one of, without question, one of the most effective and impactful things that any of us can do is to keep some type of relationship going with the Quran after the month of Ramadan. It's as if there's a part of the human heart, spiritually speaking, that has a hole in it. That's constantly there when we find ourselves apart from the Qur'an And the only way to fill that hole and to make that part of the heart whole again Is with the Qur'an specifically Is with the Qur'an specifically When we do that, it's not supposed to be an overwhelming amount But if somebody genuinely connects with one ayah a day Guaranteed it's going to go a long way Guaranteed it's going to transform your life For the better in ways you could have never imagined But that's up to us as individuals to walk towards Allah and He'll definitely run towards us. That's regarding any good, but especially regarding the Qur'an itself. And last night we mentioned the dream that Imam Ahmad had. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, one of our great scholars in our history, his son mentioned this that his father told him. So Imam Ahmad is the one who had the dream. And I'll conclude with this inshaAllah, Imam Ahmad mentioned to his son Abdullah, that he had a dream in which he asked Allah, what is the best deed to come closer to you? And Allah told him, reciting the Qur'an. And Imam Ahmad responded, with understanding or without understanding? And Allah responded, with understanding or without understanding? So either way, with understanding or without, that is the number one fast track to come closer to our Lord And we benefit when we do that. Allah doesn't need anything from us. Allah Samad. But we are in desperate need of Allah's words and connecting with the healing that only the Qur'an specifically contains, spiritually speaking. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to connect with the Qur'an as best we can and to remain connected with the Qur'an throughout the other 11 months of the year outside the month of Qur'an, outside the month of Ramadan. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah if we've established good from the month of Ramadan We ask Allah to help us to keep some of that going throughout the rest of the year And if we manage to avoid any bad during the month of Ramadan We ask Allah to help us to avoid it as best we can throughout the rest of the year We ask Allah for what's best for us in this life and the next We ask Allah to guide our youth to bless them and protect them For those who are remaining strong in their deen We ask Allah to help them to continue to do so and for those who have left our deen, we ask Allah to bring them back in the most beautiful of ways and to make us compassionate people who help to facilitate more and more and more mercy in our lives And in our communities We ask Allah to fill our hearts With the light of the Qur'an And the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Rabbana atina fiduni hasna Fil akhirati hasna Wakhinathab nar Rabbana atina min ladunka rahma Waheya lana min amrina rashada Rabbana hablana min azwajina Wadhurriyatina qurwata a'yun Wajala lal muttaqina imama Rabbana la tuakhithna In nasina aw akhtakna Rabbana wala tahmil alayna Isran kama hamaltah Wa ala aladheena min qablina Rabbana wala tuhammilna Ma la taqata lana bihi waafu واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة